You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. Welcome to this Future Net Zero podcast. I'm Stuart Bowes, and today I'm talking to Rob Honeyman from GemServe. Hello, Rob. Hi, Samet. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Now, time of recording, this is just a couple of weeks from Christmas. The lights are going down. It's dark. <laughs> I'm bloody freezing. The heating's on. <laughs> We're talking about heat today. We're going to be talking about heat. Um, just before we start, do you want to give people a little bit of background to your role at GemServe, what you do? Yeah, happy to. Yeah, so I've been working for GemServe uh, and the different guises for about seven, eight years now. I work as head of analysis, so I have the pleasure of leading a, a team of analysts and economists, and we work with... Uh, low carbon industry and and governments as well on um, lots of different policies and technologies as well um, and we have a real specialism with sort of low carbon heat. Happy to be talking about this uh, this topic today. Heat is one of those things that you know what well, I've been in the energy sector about 11 years covering mm. and it's one of those things that's always been there like yeah 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 let's we'll do heat but let's get electricity done let's look at transport let's look at I don't know, doing my washing machine, anything but doing heat. Um, Before we talk about where we are now, why do you think heat's been one of those things that has been always talked about but never acted upon? Definitely. I think think it's widely recognised as the the thorniest of issues with net zero and and decarbonisation generally. I think... In compared to sort of transport or, or, or the power system, it requires you know, over 28 million homes to be either retrofitted or, you know, the energy supplied into the home needs to be changed to a low carbon heating source. So it requires really a lot of consumer buy-in, first and foremost. And then I think, secondly, the technology really hasn't quite been there. I think uh, if I was marking the the grade scorecard of, of heat decarbonization, I think we're at a grade C at the minute. Um, I think low carbon heating is complex, it's costly, and, and it's often constrained. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. we need to get to a position where at grade A, where it's available, it's affordable, and it's aspirational. And I think there's still quite a way to go before we're there. I mean, the, the, I suppose the thing that, you know, we look at is that, in a way, Electricity decarbonisation hasn't affected me as the consumer, mm. right? Mm. You know, it's, it's, I haven't had to do anything. Mm. Someone's just said, oh, by the way, it, the, the cables are all the same, the plug is the same, out comes a bit of electricity that's made different way. I have mm. no idea as a consumer. Mm. But you're right, for me to change, everyone knows their gas, don't they? they you turn mm-hmm. your gas on mm-hmm. and you see the boiler, you can heat your flame, you cook your food, it's it's much more kind of a direct reason for us to do something. We have to make a change, whether that's being businesses or, or individuals. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a part of the reason that the, the challenge has been one that, dare I say, not even governments, but also, uh, you know, suppliers, the energy sector has, has kind of wanted to, here's a good gag for you, put on the back burner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's why it's so sort of complicated and complex for for consumers because it's you know we're we're actually just uh, sort of renovating our kitchen at the minute and uh, ah. I've been uh, I've been going through a bit of a battle. I've with, been there. With, it's, yeah. it's hell. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Painting week to week, but um, oh. I've been going through a bit of a battle with my girlfriend trying to lower the flow temperature of our heating system, which um, 
is, is a very a, nerdy you're thing. Lo- you're on a loser there, Rob. Mate. Yeah, I, I, I think... Put, put on an extra <laughs> jumper line. It doesn't work with my missus. <laughs> I think so. But I, I think it gets to the heart of, of some of the issues with, with low-carbon heat, which is, you know, heat pump lead. It's about low-temperature yeah. heating, and it's a different consumer experience. And it yeah. also requires consumers to buy into that experience as well. And mm. I think... I think that's much more challenging than something like an electric vehicle, which is, yeah. with the exception of the charging part, is, yeah. is a similar experience. And with power, it's it's the same electricity coming through the plug socket. So yeah, absolutely. Um, the government, you know, has had a lot of criticism of many things, but actually, this year, if you look back on 2021, they put out some quite big bits of legislation, you mm-hmm. know, plans for things, and one of them was the heat and building strategy. How how mm. did you receive that? Well, I think there's definitely good and bad. I think first and foremost, it has to be recognized that, you know, this is the the first heat and building strategy, which has been published since the net zero target. And I think that's something that should be celebrated. I think it's a sea change in heat and buildings policy in the UK from trying to influence marginal improvements and reductions in emissions to actually thinking about, okay, we have to get to, to zero by 2050. So, you know, I know there were some difficulties getting it signed off within government. And I think I think we should celebrate that we that we have something to work from. I think it did lots of good things. You know, it set a um a target phase out timeline for for certain fossil fuel heating. There was some funding for fuel poor buildings, home upgrades grants, social housing decarbonization fund Uh, and I think it also developed a really new and to my mind quite exciting policy called the market mechanism which I think potentially could drive down costs of heat pumps and low carbon heat so that's on the positive side on 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 the challenges Mm -hmm. we're definitely falling short of a finance mechanism to support able to pay and owner occupiers um, in retrofitting their homes and installing heating systems and I think there is still that uh, that cost problem which hasn't been solved yet for businesses which is our core audience you know Mm. a lot of businesses will look at heat and you know you, you're probably pl- split into two camps for some mm. it's not a real big issue right for many others i was talking to a sheet uh, metal manufacturer from the, the southwest and it's mm. massive right heat is a mm. huge part of it mm. for them to decarbonize heat as you said it's a big investment are there the financial instruments out there so you either bank or you go to a, a green loan system or you try and get it done by your supplier you know as a kind of PPA or whatever in some sort of form what do you think about the ways a business can try and you know it's particularly still with COVID you know find the access to the funding you need to invest in these changes because as you said it's fundamental changes to to the structure ripping out boilers putting in in heat pumps is, is, a, is a big cost isn't it Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a real challenge. I think for some of the some of the larger businesses, you know, venture capital type sort of organizations, accessing finance might be quite quite straightforward and quite a normal thing for, for those sort of businesses to to look to invest in in uh, sort of a new heating system. But when you look at the heat and building strategy and some of the government's proposals, there's a phasing out of fossil fuel heating for uh, small and medium sized businesses off the gas grid from 2026. And I think it's yeah. in that area that smaller and medium-sized businesses would are likely to be able uh, to likely to struggle to find that sort of finance, low-cost finance in, in the near term. And I think that's where government needs to uh, focus its attention in, in the coming years. It's got to be cheap, hasn't it? That's the thing that you know. Uh, you know, you're talking about your your uh, your uh, domestic issues, and I, I moved into mm. a house in January, and I, I did say to my builder, oh, "Can I get a heat pump?" He said, "Cost you fifteen grand." 
I was like, <laughs> okay, just have a boiler, please. Mm. Um, mm. You know, we know that the government's talking about kind of helping with some grants, but for, for businesses out there, I mean, it, it, it's not there yet, is it? The market isn't there. People aren't manufacturing enough. So you're not at scale to get low carbon heat to be cheap and convenient. Totally agree. Yeah, I think I think there's there's two sides to this story. I think there's the production side. And I think with scale, the government hopes to see those those production costs of heat pumps and other low carbon systems coming down over time. Uh, and there's the installation side as well. So that's, you know, often half, half of the uh, half of the cost is the installing some of these new systems. Um, and the installer base really has a long way to go. Skills aren't there yet. The number of installers isn't quite there yet. And also the learning by doing on the job training isn't quite there yet. I think on the production side, the government has developed this market mechanism where it's going to require heating system manufacturers to produce a certain number of low carbon systems each year, which I think is is quite a radical change actually in the market. Something like the vehicle emission standards at, at European level. And I think the government thinks that this will ultimately drive down the cost of heat pumps and other low carbon heating systems. But will it drive those costs down to the level of you know, current boiler technology, I'm not sure. I, th I think actually we're likely to see boiler technology becoming more expensive as government starts regulating it uh, and, uh, and and a meeting in the middle in reality. What's the solution? You know, I talk about, you know, uh, where, we, where we're going to go with this. Y yes, you're right, we will need people to manufacture, but I think the market will adjust, right? Obviously it will adjust as that. Um, something like the Green Deal, do you think that that works? Uh, would it be the way that you would advise businesses when you talk to businesses about kind of like where would they go with trying to do their heat decarbonisation? What would you advise? What would you say? I think the context of this is we have 30 years to, to fix this problem. That's probably sort of one to three typical boiler replacement cycles. So I think we need to move quite quickly in developing solutions for homes and for businesses so that the next time they're replacing their, their heating systems, they have a, an affordable and an attractive option, a low carbon option to switch to. So I think things like the grants and I think things like the market mechanism do help, but I think ultimately we need, uh, we need some finance. We need something like a, a green deal or uh, they have a PACE mechanism in, in the United States, you know, a, a loan that be secured against a property. It's, it is one sort of idea to, to support delivery in the able to pay markets. You know, there could be other things. Could companies play a, a role with salary sacrifice for low carbon heating systems? Could there be a role for local authorities to aggregate together? Um, different low carbon heating jobs so that there's improved economies of scale and uh, cost down opportunities there as well. I think this is the real problem which hasn't been solved as part of the heat and building strategy. It's how to finance the remaining cost differential between low carbon and fossil fuels. If we look at where we are now, would you advise businesses now to say, actually, do you know what? You, you should look at your heat because, you know, people will go, let's go do you know, as I said, where it's relevant, you know, people will go and do their EVs, they'll do their mm. LED lighting, they'll do all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. But but fundamentally, you know, the heating is and heating is not just heating, heating HVAC, the whole thing is 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 what we use in our offices, we use it in warehouses, we use it throughout, you know, manufacturing and throughout big buildings as well. Mm -hmm. Would you say to, to people, 
look, if you're really serious about net zero plan, you, now is the time to look at what you're doing around your, your heat strategy yourself. Definitely. I think being encouraged to see a growing number of businesses contact us to talk about sort of net zero plans. And I think heat is one of the main sort of domains in which, you know, a company can can influence how it's heating its buildings and processes as well. Mm. Uh, there's a whole other issue in terms of what goes on in their supply chain. But this is this is something that they have direct control over. And I think it's something that companies can get ahead with dealing with and with looking to low carbon solutions. I also actually had a, a really sort of interesting thought a couple of months ago. We were doing our own net zero strategy at GemServe. Yeah. Um, and we've started accounting for emissions from people that are actually working from home, employees that are working from home. So right, I do yes. wonder if in the future, you know, businesses can also play a leadership role in helping either advising or even actively helping its employees uh, from home heating as well. I think um, I think that's... Uh, Maybe something that's a bit further down the line, but um, you know we see salary sacrifice schemes with okay, bikes, right, yeah, yeah. bikes so and electric so, vehicles. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know why, why not? Why not a heat pump? Yeah, hey, uh, don't don't say that too loud. My employees are listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, to conclude with, you know, we're entering the new year very soon. You know. I think you know that was the year that was. It was all about mm. carpet, it was about all of that stuff. But mm. actually, we now get, need to get on with it, right? We will be now eight years away from 2030, which is seen as that big thing where we have to do a lot of the heavy lifting within these next eight years. What are your hopes in, in regards how heat will be seen in uh, over the next 12 months, 18 months? Yeah, absolutely. So we 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 got some really big sort of decisions that the, the government needs to make which will impact heat so we've got a biomass strategy we expect to see next year what role could biomass heating play in fixing this problem we've got decisions about what to do with heating off the gas grid when to phase out fossil fuels uh, and then we've got decisions to make about this this new market mechanism which i think is really exciting so i'd like to see you know the government making progress against all of those all of those areas but more than that, I, I think we really need to start moving quickly on developing these finance mechanisms that I think are going to be so important to providing, you know, affordable solutions to, to customers when they come to um, uh, changing their heating system over the coming years. So I think that would be the area that I'd like to see more more progress from the government. So new financial instruments, that, that's, that's yeah. on your... Your, your Christmas Santa list and, and New Year's wish. That is on the Christmas Santa list, yeah, <laughs> under the tree. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Rob, have a great Christmas. Thank you very much for talking to us on Future Net Zero. Thanks so much, Summit. You have a good Christmas too. You have been listening to a Future Net Zero podcast along with our partner, GemServe. This has been a promoted podcast. Thanks for listening to this Future Net Zero podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www futurenetzero.com. Future Net Zero. Better business, better planet.